You can kick your fancy ales, you can drink them by the flagon, but the only food for the brave and true comes from the green dragon. In a twilight encounter with a shadowy messenger, King Dane of Erebor was questioned concerning the whereabouts of the One Ring, and asked for information on hobbits. Realising the dire nature of his clandestine visitor, Dane sent the Dark Lord's emissary away, but not before the messenger of Mordor could leave a foreboding warning ringing in his ears. Reveal the location of the ring bearer, or face the consequences. Dane Ironfoot, however, was a proud and fearless Dwarf King, and would never bow to demands or threats. Instead, he sent word of warning to Rivendell, and steeled his folk for whatever consequences would follow. Sauron's revenge came in the form of the Nazgul, who descended upon the King of Erebor while he was at his most vulnerable, travelling the road from Erebor to Lake Town in Dale. There, as his vanguard marched ahead unawares, a sinister and evil force lurked in the woods. On an unspoken signal, the Ringwraiths emerged from their hiding, their identity and intentions immediately apparent to the dwarves. They had come to slay Dane, a message of retribution from Mordor. The dwarves of Dane's bodyguard rallied around their king, ready to sell their lives dearly. Only brave hearts and strong axes would see that night through. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Green Dragon Podcast. I'm your host, Matt, and today we are doing another Scenario Spotlight. So I have here with me Jeremy. Uh, Hello, everyone. Scenario Spotlight. This is great. And David, and thank you, David, for that fantastic intro. Greetings and thank you. Yeah, Yeah, well done, David. That was a nice reading. A nice story. I actually really like that one. It is really cinematic, isn't it? Yeah, and I think they've justified... This is one of those what-if scenarios where Vengeance and Nazgul from the book is Mordor, I think, the first Mordor source book. And this was a story about Nazgul ambushing dwarves, which doesn't actually happen in the books, but I thought they were pretty convincing with that story, and and it sounds like something that could happen. I can imagine that going there, especially good if the um, Dane and the dwarves managed to scare off the Ringwraiths. You could actually... Put this into the storyline. Be work, work really Certainly well. believable. I think Dane had ticked off Sauron quite enough throughout the uh, the third age. Oh, he's he's definitely an annoying fellow, that Dane. <laughs> yes, with with shadowy figures on twilight twilight roads. It's yeah. yes. Okay, so mortal source book. So once again, an old scenario, which is uh, well, well, a lot of our scenarios come from that. But it's a Lord of the Rings scenario. This one showcased six Nazgul. This is the first time we got rules for some of these Nazgul. We had the Witch King, the Tainted. Kamul we already had. We had the Undying. We had, uh, what, what were the other ones? There was the Black Marshal, Dark Marshal. Dark Marshal was in this one, yeah. And was there one other that I don't remember? Uh, did we have Shadow Lord? We had... Shadow Lord. I think that's the one I didn't yeah, say. Yeah, Shadow Lord. Shadow Lord. So we got to show off these Nazgul that have got their own rules for the first thing. And look, at first glance, I had a look at this scenario. I remember playing with Kyle years and years and years ago and thinking, what a silly scenario. Like, how on earth... Could you win this? And Matt, you said exactly the same thing today. As soon as I, I picked up my participants, I'm like, oh yeah, I've got six very strong ring rights. No problem. I should be able to take on just about anything. Then I saw the sheer number of dwarves that David was able to field. Now, I know most of them weren't on the board at the start and we'll get to that, but it was it was very intimidating. Yeah. So David, what dwarves did you have? 
What dwarves? I believe we were using the historical participants. So I had Dane Ironfoot. I had a dwarf captain. I had 13 dwarf warriors, 12 dwarf rangers, 12 Khazad guard, and 6 iron guard. Yeah, and one of those dwarf warriors had a banner, I think it was. So quite a substantial dwarf force. Yeah, um, you only start with the Khazad guard, Dane, and a handful of dwarf rangers on the board. But even that... You're outnumbering the opponent like three to one. Yeah, and even Nazgul have trouble beating Khazadgard. They're not easy to beat. Defense seven, and and they they hit back really hard. And bodyguard. Oh, yeah, when you're the facing bodyguard. a full ringwraith army, bodyguard is amazing. Yeah. Frankly, most Nazgul on foot don't really want to be fighting troops that much at all. But yeah, yeah. especially dwarves. And look, you've got the slight advantage in this one. In two of your ringwraiths, I believe, can get their will back through different means. Kamul can get it back through combat. And the Tainted can get it back through spells. The Undying. Uh, yeah. Undying, sorry, yeah. not the Tainted. But even then, a one-on-one, there's, there's, it takes a long shot to kill a model on foot. With a, with a ring knife on foot, it's hard to do. It is. It's difficult. And it's le- it's let much more having, difficult than you'd want it to be, really. Especially when you've got a good, what is it, 20, 30 dwarves in the force? More, No, more. Much more. Um, Let's see. That's 10, 20, 30. You're about 40 dwarves. Yeah. yeah. I think it was about 20 starting on the field. Yes. Is that right? And even that is enough to, to give you a bit of a scare. And then you realize there's at least that many more to come. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so a really tough scenario, but the victory conditions make it very slightly possible. Which are? Objectives. The Nazgul have come to visit retribution upon the king under the mountain. The evil player wins if Dane is killed. If Dane survives, the good side wins. Simple, simple... Victory conditions. It sounds very simple, but there's a little bit more to it. One of the special rules we have here, um, I'll see if I can find it, death and humiliation. It is not enough that Dane is simply slain. He must be humiliated in combat. Dane must be slain in close combat and may not be targeted by the black dart magical power. Wow, that's their assassination power. No black dart on Dane. And immediately, Mm. as soon as someone said that to me, I'm like, Oh, this just got a lot more harder than yeah, I was hoping it would be. That's tough because normally if you have a, an elite force of ring race like that, you, your number one goal is to kill the leader. And the way you do this, you pick up the tainted, not tainted, sorry, I keep saying the tainted when I'm saying undying. The undying picks up a handful of dice, five, six, seven, whatever, doesn't care. Throws a black dart, tries to pull off some will, tries to get the black, black dart off. And then every other ring race proceeds to do a spell, usually a simple to cast spell. And if they cast it, then the the Undying gets its spell back. So they might cast Drain Courage or Sap Will or a, a Compel or something like that to help you out. And then you rinse and repeat until you get to the point where you can get enough black darts off and kill them at range. But to not be able to do that, that's their main attacking weapon. I think they had to put this rule in because what you're saying is how you'd normally play. But this game ends when Dane is killed. So they could all go in with black dart. Turn one, you throw six of them. Turn two, you throw six of them. Turn three, you throw six of them. The dwarves are move five. They're not going to catch you in time to stop you black darting him to death. Yeah, yeah it, it's a necessary special rule for sure. You, the game would be over very quick, quickly without it, yeah. Yeah, you need some special rule to do that. That's a, yeah. It makes it very interesting. So, any other special rules or anything else we need to know? Right. First special rule well, on the page, ambush on the road. The Nazgul launch their attack while King Dane is only protected by a handful of guards. The evil side gets priority in this scenario. <laughs> That's a big build-up. So it's right? a big build-up. Then, like, and yeah, the Nazgul move first. Yeah. Nazgul go first. Okay. 
okay. like that though. Ambushing on the road, that's what the Nazgul would do. Yeah. yeah. The other special rule, the king's company. The company of Khazad Guard that are accompanying King Dane are but a small part of a larger contingent who have marched ahead. There is a chance that these extra drawers will realise that all is not well and return to aid their king. Compare the rolls for priority carefully each turn. If both dice are the same, then the vanguard has returned. The good player may move the rest of his force onto the board from the southern edge. Newly arrived models may not charge in the turn that they arrive, but may otherwise act normally. I think you're supposed to change voice. You go away from the storytelling voice and then go into the, the so rules explanation voice. voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I don't, very I, dramatic rules. I, you know I, I like dramatic rules. I yeah. like it. The rules get a bit dry, so I'm like, how can I spice this up? Yeah, you, you, you spice them up. Voice. Thank you for that, David. They're very spicy rules. <laughs> so basically, drawn priority, you get more dwarves. Pretty Done. much. Quite a fair few more dwarves as yeah. well. And, you know, the listeners out there know my luck, so those dwarves will Could be happen here Could happen turn two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, it was turn two, wasn't it? No, it was turn, <laughs> turn three. Turn three. we didn't roll oh, for I, them turn one. I had one. a slight reprieve. <laughs> Lots of rests. Okay, so Matt, we got you to play this as an evil player for the first time because it's really an evil puzzle scenario. You've yeah, got to work out yeah. how to do this. And you were freaking out, so I want you to actually just go through and recount that moment a bit because... Look, the terrain is super simple. There's really not a whole lot of terrain on the board. The armies are pretty straightforward. You've got an assassination force that's trying to somehow get to Dane and kill him without using their black dark because they have to humiliate him. And you've got this horde of dwarves who are almost immune to the ring race powers, really. They, they're, they're particularly strong. Those Khazagard are nasty. So what, what do you do? What do you think? Well, I started off by just sort of talking aloud all of my thoughts and slyly glancing over at Kylie to see if she'd react to any of it to see whether it would be a good idea or not. Unfortunately, I, unlike Kylie, she was stone-faced. Usually, she'll give a bit of a twitch. She'll be able to see something there. But no, nothing at all. She gave nothing away. She didn't want me to have any success in this scenario whatsoever. And she repeatedly told me so throughout the game. So early on, I had nothing going for me. I looked at it and I knew it was a difficult scenario. And it's not the kind of scenario that I'm successful at on the first try. So my first idea... And I had no idea if it was a good idea. I had no idea if it was a bad idea. I threw my combat wraiths. So that is the Dark Marshal. That is Kamul. And that is, of course, the Witch King with Morgul Crown, with Morgul Blade, with the... Morgul Flail. Morgul Flail, <laughs> yes. Magic Hat of Doom and a few <laughs> other things. Those are the ones, yes. Those particular magical items, which make him the beast that he is, started them between the board edge that the reinforcing dwarves would eventually arrive from and where Dane was placed. Now, my reasoning for this is that Dane was unlikely to want to come towards those three particular rates. That was correct. Yes, he's far more likely to instead go over to the other side of the board where my other three wraiths were. And they were the Undying, the Tainted and the Shadow Lord, who were incidentally protected by Bowfire, which again was a, a little part of my strategy there. Yeah, so that that seemed a solid enough plan because last thing you want is to set up all your wraiths on one side then have the dwarves just sprint away from you for exactly. the whole game. That would not be a good idea. So you had to stop them in some ways. Mm-hmm. Did you, do you know which side the dwarves come on or do they get to choose? They come on the... They've got a set board edge. Yes, okay, it's always so you the know south edge. Yep. Yep. yep, absolutely. So you've made sure you put your combat ring wraiths, they're basically going between Dane and the, the reinforcements Yep. and your, your shooty protected... Magic ring wraiths on the other side. On the other side. Much. Yeah. Okay. 
Sounds so solid. you know the dwarves are probably want to if you do split up your race they're probably going to want to go towards half of them it just makes sense they, they want to try and take out some race while they can take them out while they're not all together and yeah they don't obviously want to go towards the combat race so effectively you're splitting those two dwarf forces by doing that you're making the initial forces go away from where the reinforcements will appear okay um as the dwarf player i decided to yes rush the magical ring raids while it's rather tricky to score a fast kill against the undying um i figured i could leave some rangers behind to take pot shots at the other group who weren't covered by the shadow lord while i at least put some threat on the casters so most of my dwarves went off after them while a handful of rangers hung ground and took pot shots yeah and that was pretty effective because i think you took two fade off the witch king on the first turn yep uh, so. turn one one of the one of the rangers just went hey i have a i have an arrow Ooh, impressive. <laughs> yeah, two fate off the Witch King. Um, didn't do a whole lot other, but two oh, fate, still two fate. That's, that's, that's 10 points. It was enough to make me think, oh, gee, i got to go fast, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think I ended up calling a march after that because I was like, no, no more Yeah, fight, time pressure fight. is huge. It so is. That, yeah. that's, that's a real good move. Okay, so did you of catch course. did you catch the magic wraiths? Um, no, partly because every time the ring race move, half of your models end up wandering off or getting pinned to the spot and you end up with a blockade of your own dwarves stopping you from moving. (laughs) But in the end, I didn't have to catch them because Matt won priority. So they moved away from me. And then when I got to move, I moved away from them. So I was able to open the range and effectively get them out of play for a turn or two. Mm, clever yeah that really threw me off i was really hoping that you'd spend one more turn going after them mm-hmm. and yeah the i main, was way out of range yeah. at that point the main reason i changed my mind was yes on turn three my reinforcements arrived which means i was able to head back in the other direction and hopefully catch the ring the witch king and his lot between the two forces yeah so that unfortunate dra- drawn priority screwed me really <laughs> threw off my whole game plan i was hoping for at least Maybe three turns. Three turns would have maybe been the difference. But uh, yeah, you were definitely able to turn back at that point and, and knew that you'd only need to hold off for a few turns before all those reinforcements got there. So, yeah. Yeah, okay. So what happened next? So in that in that uh, little situation there, I'm like, okay, the reinforcements are coming. I need to immediately try and kill Dane I, as quickly as possible if I can get manufacture some situation in which I can just knock him out really quickly. I'm going to go for it. So I did. I compelled away several Khazad guards. I created, as David said, a line of his Khazad guards that could not move as I was going first so that a number of his Khazads had to go the long way around, jump over a hedge, move around some rocks, uh, and effectively slowed them down quite a bit. And I also compelled Dane back towards the three combat rates. Mm. So at this point, is effectively a semicircle, a, a horseshoe, if you will, with Dane in the center of it and the three combat rates just outside of his range, so six inches away from him, or slightly more than five inches. And then it was the next turn. Yep. And we had a massive roll-off. Yes, both players used might. Oh. What were you trying to do? Heroic move? Or heroic move. Heroic, heroic move, move for both of us, yes. Okay, so what were, your, what were your plans, David? What would you do with your heroic move? The heroic move, I was trying to pull Dane in behind one of the hedges, just so one more direction, which he, I didn't have to sit dwarves, try and pin him in, and bring my horseshoe in between him and the pile of, you know, ringwraith death. So set up a real defensive formation yeah, with dwarf hun- protected. hunker down. A Dane protected, yes. Matt, what were you going to do? The way that I had manufactured it, I believed that I could stick Dane right on the end of one of the hedges, get the Witch King into him from my side so that he couldn't be countercharged, trap him with the other two and not worry too much about what charges them, 
nothing would have been yep. able to reach the Witch King, and I would have Dane trapped against the Hedge and one of the other wraiths, and I would be able to Morgul Flail. That was my plan. Okay. So Morgul Flail, what does this mean? Morgul Flail, Flail, as we know, is the uh, two-handed weapon that the Witch King has. By the way, when we're talking about the Flail, we do not mean use the special strike on the Flail. We mean use the fact that it's a two-handed weapon. Yes. Very important. <laughs> Definitely do not ever use that special strike. It's awful. Especially when you're going, you know, with the Witch King and you're trying to get your magic hat to put three hits on one guy. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to be helpful. <laughs> so, yes. Uh the Morgul Flail, two-handed weapon, and because you have the Morgul Blade, you can actually use that in conjunction with the Flail. If you do a single wound to Dane, that is a wound that is not saved by fate, he loses all of his wounds. So all I would have needed to do is get a single wound through through his fate points. So the idea is you tangle him up in your Flail, and then you jab him with your Morgul Blade. Absolutely. <laughs> nice, nice. So did this work? Did this plan get through and kill Dane and humiliate him? In a word... No. Yay, go Dane. Came down to the 50-50, and Dane won the 50-50. So he ducked in behind a hedge. He pulled his personal bodyguard in around him. He's like, defend me. I'd lost a whole bunch of them to black darts as well, because in the earlier turns when they weren't in compel charge range, uh, turns out black dart is very efficient at tearing through Khazad guard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but he had a handful left, and he's like, pull him in close. Defend me. Defend. In hindsight, I think I used a little bit too much will on it. I knew I needed to knock out a few Khazad guards because they were just so brutal against the Wraiths, not needing to take those courage tests. So the less of them around, the more chance I would have. But I, I went a bit overboard trying but, to kill off. But kill with the off. reinforcements coming, since I rolled them so early, you couldn't really play for the long exactly, game. Exactly, yeah. See, I would have rolled less dice if, that were the, if, if it had been a little bit longer game, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. So a win to the dwarves. Nicely done. Not quite. Oh, because there was more to there it. There was oh. more. <laughs> there was more. Because I was in a defensive bubble, but there were still six ring wraiths there using their compel to pull my defensive bubble apart. So um, the witch king and his flat his flat flunkies went round the other side of the hedge, and I managed. There was a gap in the hedge, and I had some dwarves there, and I was losing some dwarves, but I was taking some will off them. And then the Witch King decided to call heroic combat. Oh, heroic combat. And he smote the dwarf. But there was a dwarf I'd placed behind that first dwarf with a control zone just in case the Witch King, you know, decided to try an artful plan. Indeed. Unfortunately, he had an even more artful plan. Oh, far more devious. Do you wish to discuss this deviousness? Oh, such deviousness. He went and jumped the hedge. He jumped tried hedge. to jump the hedge. He tried, actually, yes. He did indeed try at first, didn't he? Yes. So he started the turn on three points of might. He burnt one to clear the hedge. He burnt one for the heroic combat. No, he burnt one Sorry, yeah, for the, the, the heroic combat. combat. That's what I meant. Yep. He, he approaches the hedge. He throws his dice. His dice inform him. He is not making it over that hedge. <laughs> Good. He, he tells his dice where they can, you know, place their opinion. He clears <laughs> the hedge. He lands squarely in combat with Dane because he was compelled earlier in the turn. I was trying to figure out why he had been compelled to stand in this precise spot <laughs> i discovered the answer when this why. witch king <laughs> drops out of the sky into base contact with him and says defend yourself cretan so there oh, he is wow his trans move he's transfixed so aim uh, goal number one had been achieved the witch king was fighting a transfixed dane one-on-one -on -one. Yes. however dane was not trapped in this instance no he was free to back away so we throw some dice dane's down to two dice because it rounds up these days so he throws his two dice, comes up with a six, but his fight value is low. This is not good. 
Unfortunately, the Witch King had not been eating his breakfast that day. He'd not had his wheat bix, and he rolled a one, a two, and a three. Oh no. no! From memory, no, he got a four because if he had, oh, yes, if he had passed, right. if he had passed his jump test, he would have had two points he of might. Been able to win, but the he fight. did not. The hedge tripped him over. He burnt that might point, and he couldn't boost high enough. Oh, hedges, <laughs> the bane of my existence. I'm going to talk more about that later. We'll we'll get to that. Yes. So in the meantime, the three spellcasty disruptive raids had actually done a march and pulled themselves further back, and were actually disrupting the dwarf lines uh, while while all this was going on. While uh, Kamul and the Dark Marshal were picking off a few dwarves, and the Witch King was trying to assassinate Dane. He was doing his best. The hedges were getting in the way, but he was doing his best. So eventually, these three wraiths did catch up, and probably in I think the second last turn, again. Tried to jump over a hedge. What was I thinking? <laughs> Listeners, what was I thinking? He wasn't thinking. I was trying to jump another hedge. Why? Why? I could have gone around. There was there was room enough to go around, wasn't there, David? Um, There was for most of them. One of them would have slowed him down slightly, but, but not I, as much as jumping the hedge would have. I, yeah, well, as it turns out, I rolled another one. So one of my raids was again stuck on the wrong side of a hedge. He had no might left. So, oh, hedges. Anyway, at that point, I'm thinking, right, I need one final strategy. I need one final gambit. I need to get the Witch King and trap Dane. I can't just have him fighting Dane one-on-one. I need him trapped. So if I can get him trapped, that's enough. We both had one might point left. And I'm like, if my dwarves can move first, I've got enough Khazad guards around here. I can pin them all. They're all on low will. Some of them will start disappearing. If I can get this heroic move... I've got this in the bag. Unfortunately, it was my priority, and I rolled really low. The person with priority lost every roll off, and unfortunately, I had priority most of the game. Yes. So, oh. avoid, so the, avoid winning priority where possible. That was the first uh, roll off that I think I... The only roll off I think I won for the yes. game. Yep. Yep. Nicely done, Matt. It was a clutch moment, yes. Uh, prior to that, the Witch King had just fought off four Khazad guards, so... He didn't kill any of them, but good on him for that. And at this point, I had uh, two ring rates on one will, I think, or two they had, will. They started the turn on two will. Yeah. You yep. had one on four, one on three, one on... And the Undying was on, I don't know, like 17 or yep. something so like that. So at this point, the, there was too many dwarves still on the board. The reinforcements were nearly there. I thought, no, this is the last turn. I'm going, I'm going hard. I'm going home. Or going home. Or popping home because I'll be out of will. So the Witch King... Starts off and gets a compel on Dane. And yes. compels Uses Dane. Uses three of his four will to do That's so. That's right. So only one will remaining. Wow. This is definitely the last turn for me. Dane into combat with the Witch King. And we've got him there. Beautiful. Then it didn't go so well from there because the Tainted decided to use all but one of his will so that he would have, have be able to fight a combat to attempt to transfix a Khazad guard. This was a Khazad guard that could have pulled the Witch King off Dane's yep. combat. Yep. Yes. Gotcha. Failed. Oh no! Failed that first spell. That's fine. That's I've got. I've got three spells left. Four spells left. It's fine. So he charges a Khazard and Dane. So he's in combat with both of them. More importantly, in base contact with both of them, because as we know, the Tainted has a particular rule that I'll get to in a moment. From there, we had the Shadow Lord again attempt to transfix the same Khazard guard. I believe he threw three will at it. Yes, I think he was on would have four. Been three. three will at it again. Failed. This Failed. was a staunch Khazard guard, and he would be transfixed by no wraith. 
<laughs> That's really cool. It receives special magical training. So the Shadow Lord decided to simply charge two other dwarves that were in a pesky situation that could potentially have again pulled off the Witch King. Yes. And I believe you moved the Dark Marshal next, I think it was. The Dark Marshal was only on one will, I think, at uh, this point. I think he was the one on one will. Right, okay. Yeah. So he just decided to charge straight into a dwarf again, stopping anyone from pulling off the Witch King. I needed yep. the Witch King fighting Dan. Yep. There was somebody Ooh. on two will. I remember this. Kamul was on two will. That's right. And he decided to, again... I th- transfix that guy. He decided... Yes, he again decided to try and transfix that guy... And failed. And it, it turns out you don't become a Khazad guard by collecting bottle caps. There is a, you know, fairly strict <laughs> training regime. Yeah. A deflecting yeah, spells amazing. with your mind. So that's apparently. what, four, five That's that breaks? two plus dwarf Three save. spells. Three, three spells. attempted transfix spells. Uh, some requiring fours, most requiring threes. What was it? Nine dice at this point. Seven dice. Seven dice at this point he, that had failed. So Kamul, again, just charges into two dwarves. All of those uh, wraiths were now down to one will, and there was one wraith left. But luckily for me, luckily for me, this was the Undying. And as we know, the Undying has quite a bit of will. Plenty of will. From memory, actually, I think he had 12 at the start yeah, of the turn. Due, due no, to, uh, he had 11, went up to 12 when the Witch King cast. Nice. That's Plenty. right. So due to, due to those spells, uh, a lot of spells that were cast throughout the game, I think he probably regained about eight throughout the game. Is that about right? Yeah, oh, he's amazing. I wasn't it's keeping fans. count. He it's just... very, it's very useful. So, uh, twelve will, but I only needed one of those will, David, didn't I? That is correct. Yeah, only one to <laughs> oh, fight no. a combat. So I picked up eleven dice, <laughs> and I looked at that Kazakh guard, and I said, "No, stuff you, Kazakh guard. You are getting transfixed." I threw eleven dice. And at least one of them managed to transfix the Khazard Guard, I remember, because I didn't pass out in frustration. So that Khazard Guard stayed right where he was. The Shadow Lord, sorry, the Undying charged another two dwarves, and nothing was getting at the Witch King. So you've, you managed to use basically your Ring Rave's entire stores to prevent, to make sure, to guarantee the Witch King fights one on one with Dane for one last turn. And has him trapped, most and importantly. And has him trapped, yes. yes. So my dwarves just pretty much milled around because. That one or two of the ring rates, if they won their fight, um, Kamal, if he went and killed somebody, would survive. So I put some extra guys into him. But otherwise, I didn't really care about those fights. So they just milled around and cheered Dane on. Yeah, they're like, come on, you can do this, Dane. You, I, we know you can survive this. Just look at your defense. Come on. So. Start, of, King, start of the fight phase? Start of the fight phase. Something happens. Indeed. We know the tainted has been sitting there in the back the whole game. He hasn't done a lot. He used his might point early on to ensure a, uh, a black dart, which actually failed to wound. So he's basically done nothing for the game. But now is his moment to shine. The, the Tainted? The Tainted. The Tainted. In base combat with Dane and a Khazard Guard. Attempts first to wound the Khazard Guard with his seeping decay. Mm-hmm. Needing a six? Picks up a dice and rolls a flat six. That's a dead nice. Khazard Guard. Khazard Guard down! And all of a sudden... It's the Tainted and the Witch King fighting a trap Dane. Oh, nice. So Dane's in trouble. Dane's He's in transfixed. Big trouble. He's in huge trouble. We've got another two fainting dice in there. More yes. importantly, we've got two dice that definitely won't be at Neg 1 because he doesn't need to Morgul Flail. That's actually the key. If you can do that, you're doing incredibly Absolutely. well. So the uh, dice are rolled. At this point, I did attempt the Seeping Decay on Dane, but quickly realized that it was useless due to the uh, Morgul Blade effect later on anyway. Uh, da- David simply would have taken the wound from the Seeping Decay and not used his fate. 
But he didn't take. He didn't inflict. Didn't the matter. Didn't anyway. take the wound. Yep. Didn't matter anyway. So we fought out the other combats. Yes. Uh, the ringmates did not do a lot. <laughs> I believe they no. lost all of them. Camille uh, decided to burn his last will point for an extra attack. Yeah, and then and then realized, realized that, that would kill. <laughs> the idea was. If he burns one, he can kill two models and regain two will, which would allow him to survive. But then we realize that happens at the end of the turn, so it would kill him first. So he then changed his mind when he with one attack. He decided to actually attack the dwarves rather than simply going home. Yes. Fair enough. That's a good kumul. Indeed. So, unfortunately, all those races did nothing, but luckily, it didn't matter. They, did, they weren't there to win the game at this point. They were there... They blocking, were there for the waving. ...protecting for the title bout. To watch Dane get humiliated. The big fight. This is what it was all about. Mm-hmm. And the Witch King and the Tainted and Dane rolled their dice. From memory, we both botched this roll, but Dane botched it worse. I think it was awful. I think the highest was a four. Yes. Yes. On both sides. Yes. So Dane came up with his threes and went, three. Oh, we're in trouble now, lads. The Witch King's fight five was enough. Mm-hmm. Oh, so the Witch King's getting strikes with his Morgul-induced flail. That's right. Yes. Which was not whirling, but it was two-handed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Tainted had to go first. He thought, no, I can take this dwarf myself. Ch- chucked in two attacks at him. Nothing. Nothing. Couldn't pierce that armor. Defense nine. Simply too much. So then the Witch King rolled his dice. Six dice. For Dane was trapped. What does he need to wound? He needs a five followed by a three. Five by three. It doesn't seem like that much, but again, this six, is me six rolling dice. the dice. So. A- and one failed fate save. Yeah, you only have to inflict one wound with the Morgul Flail. Morgul Flail we're talking about? Yes. Yes. So right. wounds, wounds are irrelevant. It's all about that fate. Yes. And I believe he has two fate? Two fate, yes. Two fate, right. So yeah, you get three wounds automatically dead. Get That's right. Get one failed fate save and he's gone. Mm. So, yeah, as I was saying, unfortunately, this was me rolling the dice, so I only managed to get a single five on the first roll. One five. And sixes on all the others? You've got a a Morgul Flail. One five might be enough. I wish wish sixes on all the others. (laughs) That would make it a very easy story, wouldn't it? So at this point, I thought, no, no, I can't do it. I, I can't get three wounds on him. I completely forgot that the Morgul Blade had that effect, actually. And you I still needed across, a three pass, And everyone by the was way. intently looking at me going, what are you doing? Roll the dice. I thought, it's over. No, Matt. No, you only no, need to do no. One you've got a chance. <laughs> so I rolled and I got exactly a three. However, exactly at this point, enough. we thought we needed a four. Until I thought we I needed a four. And then strength, Kylie you know. gave me a slap across the back of the head and said, you need a three, Matt, you idiot. Yeah, two-handed. That's why we went two-handed. The Witch King had finally done a single wound to Dane with his Morgul Flail. Yes. And so. if Dane passed his fate, he survives. It is it's suitably impressive. If he fails one fate or two fate, is it? He's got two fate. Two fate. If he fails both fate, it's like one in four chance, he's gone. Oh, 25%, I'll take it. So here he is. Fate or death. No might with a Witch King with Morgul Blade in front of him. He picks up his first fate. He rolls it. It clatters across the table. It comes slowly to a stop. It's a pass. <sighs> I think it was a six, in fact. Yes. So <laughs> he flat sixes his first Should have passed the second one. That would be more impressive. Passed with flying colors. He Henry curd it. Well done. <laughs> so he laughs it off. He says, I care not for your message. Go back to your master and tell them there that Scotland is free. 
Or whoever it is Dane fights for. Can't remember. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> it's probably Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, fantastic scenario. Really, really tricky for the race, but I, I ultimately got two very good chances to win the game, and I felt like it was incredible that that was all that the race needed. Yes, they they really yes. only needed a single crack to be able to, to get in there and have a very good chance. Now, can I can we go to a very quick musical interlude? Because just after this music, I'm going to explain how we used to beat this scenario reasonably consistently. And you may not want to hear this if you're going to play this scenario yourself. So we're going to play some music. Um, I'll get Matt to come back on the editing and maybe tell you what timestamp to come back on. Yeah, I'll put that in the we'll description. We'll put music either side of it. Fast forward, listen to a song, fast forward through the talking, and then... Hear my tactics. Okay, I'm back, and I've been waiting all episode to talk about this. Matt, you did fantastically well first time learning that the way you win this scenario is to get a trap with the Morgul Flail. That's, Thank you. That's it. That's that's all you have to do. There's a few ways you can do this. One of our favorites is to set up all six ring wraiths on the side between the two dwarf packs so that Dane can't run away. If he comes at you, it's fine. You're dealing with it. That's what you want. If he runs away from you, he's running away from his own reinforcements. So you put all the ring ropes on one side and that way you benefit from the same heroics and the, the undying gets the magic spells. You basically spam compel. Non-stop compel. Everyone does compel. And what you're doing is just peeling Kazagard away. And you're going out this wedge formation and your aim is you end up trapping Dane on the other wraiths. So what you do is you make this tr- sort of wedge. You push any wraith, you don't care who they are, through past and you make a wall around Dane and you make it so you basically protect the Witch King. The dwarves will come at you and they'll pile on, but because you've got, you have to have one guy in combat, they'll end up having to be on the Witch King, and you choose in a turn you've got priority, so you get the trap straight off, and then you go at it. You don't use the Witch King's might for anything but winning that combat. And jumping hedges. Winning that, no, no jumping hedges, nothing like that. <laughs> he, he, you hold on to his might for as long as you can. Use everyone else's because you're all nearby, and he goes two-handed. He uses the might to put it up high. He may need to, what's he, the same fight as Dane? Yes. Dane's so normally transfixed, though. Dane's transfixed, yes. So he's usually ahead at this point, and you just use that might to ensure you get the six for the combat, and then you do it to wound, and you rinse and repeat if you have to, and basically you go for a very quick assassination. And it can happen very quickly if you've timed it right. The dwarves have a hard time beating such a, a powerful tactic. You basically go ship Dane out of there as soon as possible with as many dwarves. And the problem with the, the dwarves is you run out of might so quickly because you contest every heroic combat because you need to... To win priority and you, you can't so that's mm-hmm. basically it's, it's hard to pull off and you definitely won't pull it off first time but it's it's a real powerful way of doing that 
once you work that out, you may need to change the scenario up a bit to make it even harder, split the ring race up a bit or have them move them around because it might become a little bit easy for you once you solve that puzzle. Yeah, with the dwarves, even anchored against terrain, the best defensive bubble I could make could be pulled apart with three compels that go off yes. in sequence. Yes. So if you've got six race, three compels in a row ain't that tricky to do. And one can be on Dane. So as long as you, you pull off the guards him, you can pull him out because you're allowed to walk through control zones with compel, unlike something like Fell Light is upon you. So as long as you, you make a gap for him, you, you end up picking it apart at its weakest points and then you just throw them into him and eventually he'll run out of will and that's when you go in. So it sounds like I was about halfway there. In fact, Kylie said that, I think, early on in the game. She said, yeah, you've got it half right. So I I was doing a lot of compels early game, but I was doing even more black darts. I wanted to get rid of the Kazids completely. Yeah, um, I, I wouldn't even bother killing it. Yeah. Any other dwarfs irrelevant. You don't even bother killing them. Yeah. No yeah. point. Because you're not going to break the dwarves. There's something like 40 of them. It's, it's yeah, all no, about absolutely. Yeah. All, all you have to do is kill Dan. So. Yeah. Fair enough. And for a Kazagard, a Compel is as good as death. Like, you've moved them away and they block up space. Mm. So you can get them and they can start getting in the way of their friends. You can actually make little Compel walls where they, they can't go past you. And you can yeah, and I did do that stuff. once. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the whole, rein- the whole Dwarvish reinforcements, they're pretty much a time limit rather than an actual in-game effect. Because they arrived on turn three. They didn't actually get to the battle. Like yeah, they they never fought. They burnt all their might marching, and on the turn that all the wraiths died, they were about three inches away from the main fight. They also just ensure that the dwarves aren't going to break. Yes, that's so true. just mm. the sheer numbers that the the ring wraiths can't fight their way through that. They would need incredible luck, and it's it's just not going to happen. They're as thematic games. as anything else, and they're a timer. Yeah, it's yeah. this block yeah. of dwarves moving across the board, going. When this reaches you, the game is over. Yeah, you okay. can try and compel you know Dane to. To, you know, buy you some more distance, buy you some more time, but twenty dwar- dwarves, maybe forty dwarves, no, nah. no, nah, no, no chance, not for six wraiths. So maybe we'll put back the music on and then go back to the, our final thoughts on the scenario. Yep, let's do that. we're back so final thoughts on this one i i really enjoyed it as jeremy has said to me a few times it's, it's a puzzle scenario for the evil side the the good player has to know that they're there just to make it hard for the evil player yeah, yeah. a skilled evil player will win this scenario we're not going to tell you how because we've just told you before and you've fast forwarded through that but once the evil player gets good this is almost the reverse of the fellowship scenarios where in those ones once the good player got good with all their their mutually supporting tactics they became almost unbeatable. This is the opposite. It's the it's the fellowship for ring wraiths. And I really enjoyed that aspect of it. I thought that's fantastic that they've got one. They had to manufacture the story and manufacture the story a bit, unfortunately. But it's I really do like these ring wraith scenarios. And this one was clever in that it had some of the newer ones and they, they acted slightly different to the other wraiths. 
I think from my perspective, I, I always tend to not do so well the first couple of times I play a scenario, or the first dozen times I play a scenario. But this one, I, I really sat down and had a think. And when you do that with these scenarios, it's so much more enjoyable because you, you do start to come up with ideas of how to crack it. It's, it's one of those things where it, it's really rewarding to to think in depth about these particular ones. <laughs> and as a good player, it, just, it had that story feel to it. It's protect Dane, protect Dane, whatever you do. Like, and throwing your blokes into like a meat grinder to try and shield Dane, it's actually beneficial game-wise because you're fighting ring raids. So every time they deal with one of those blokes yes. you're throwing at them, it's burning out their stats. So I see it not as a, you can never throw a black dart at Dane, I can say, I see it as a one of the dwarves leaps in the way. It's like dunk takes yeah, it in the chest. Yeah, that's a good way. It's protect Dane, protect Dane, and I oblige by throwing lots of black darts out at the start. You, I think turn one you took out four Kazard guard or something like that. I did, yeah, yeah. I but you I lost burnt, a lot of a stats lot of will to yeah, do it. Yeah. yeah, and I think you could easily change the scenario up with different forces and have the story of the Nazgul going after basically anyone in Middle Earth. So you can pretty much invent your own. I think it's it's. That's a great point. Yeah, you could essentially have any kind of good participants. For Protect Paladin Took. Protect Paladin Took. Yeah. yeah. It, it doesn't make a massive difference what you take. I think you, you definitely need some bodyguard in there. Yeah, it's probably, so you, but. Well, if not. Or you high need, courage, at least. Yeah, or, or enough models that you're always going to be passing some of them. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, so look, I, I recommend trying this scenario if you haven't already tried it. I think it's it's really good fun. Um, this is one where I think more than any other scenarios, don't be afraid to use the points match participants rather than the actual historic ones. Because as long as you stick to roughly the, the equal forces in terms mm -hmm. of what the composition are, don't go all heroes on the good side or anything like that. I don't think they allow you to. And I try try and avoid uh, resistant to magic. Come yeah, to think about it. things, things yeah. like that. You, yeah. you want the Nazgul's to have, have, have fun. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's hard. It's hard enough already, like rolling three dice and failing without your opponent having a free resist as well. Yeah, but it's. Uh, I th I really enjoy this scenario, and I think it's probably one of the better. Uh, I keep seeing the word puzzle scenarios. This is one where you actually have to solve. You have to work mm. out how to beat mm. it, and you probably won't get the first two times. And if you stick at it, you'll be in for a nice yeah. surprise. Send the wraith to try and kill the new Galadriel or something like that. Yeah. Yes. yes. Very that's cool. a good way. We should do something like that. Yeah. We'll get back. We'll try something like that, and we'll we'll get onto that. Oh, that could be a new competition. Who knows? Ooh. Right, a scenario where we're trying to kill Galadriel oh, of the I seaweed. I just thought some fantastic rape scenarios <laughs> could be amazing. Who are the wraiths going to kill next time? Yeah. So, so uh, I, I would say my my final absolute score on this scenario, around an 8 out of 10. I, it's very enjoyable. Oh, you know what? That's a bit high. I, I, let's give it a 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10. It's one of those ones where it's up there with the fellowship ones, as you said, in, in terms of that kind of resource management and how to get that final uh, piece in the puzzle to fit. Normally, I'm not really a fan of scenarios because they dictate to me how I should be playing them and like how I think they would respond isn't really that great in-game. But this is one where I, it felt right. Like there's these shadowy figures coming out of the woods. Half my models aren't under my control. The other half are selflessly throwing themselves into the fray. I thoroughly enjoyed this one. I will give it the 8 out of 10. Fantastic. Oh, wow. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it I'm gonna go a little bit the negative. Not normally my role. I normally give everything incredibly high. Yeah. But for this one, the major weakness is it doesn't have a lot of replayability. If you go and make the nice forces, you paint them all up, you play this out, you're not gonna want to play it more than a couple of times after you've solved it. Um, you get the joy out of watching other people play it, but it's not gonna be one that you pick up as much. You'll have very fond memories of it. 
so it won't get a lot of play time. So I'm going to give it six out of nine ring rates. Very good. Very good. A solid score, nonetheless. Oh, no, no. It, it's, I, I really enjoy the scenario, but then there's really nothing for me at, at now. It's, it's, it's over for you. It would end up yeah. with a very nicely painted dwarf force, oh, though. Yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, so many dwarfs. Yeah, it's oh. a lot of dwarfs. I'll be having nightmares for, for months. So thanks for joining me, David. Yeah, thank um, you, Matt. Thank you, Jeremy. Oh, no problem, Matt. Thanks thank all around. <laughs> thank you, everyone. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Oh, yes. And remember, traps win games. Thank you for listening to the Green Dragon Podcast. Please be advised that the Green Dragon Podcast is not suitable for children, the elderly, pregnant women, those with a history of heart conditions, or anyone expecting to receive worthwhile advice. You can contact us on the Green Dragon Podcasts at gmail.com. Yes, it has an S at the end. Or our Facebook page, The Green Dragon Podcast. We do not claim ownership of any works based on J.R.R. Tolkien, New Line Cinema, Warner Brothers, or Games Workshop. This podcast is purely for entertainment. The thoughts, as rare as they are, are solely that of our hosts and guests. Farewell, listener, until we meet again.